You're making one right decision today. You're listening to Handcuffs and Sage. Three badass moms bringing you all the true crime and paranormal your heart desires. I'm Red. I'm Timo. I'm Dre. And don't let your kids listen. Seriously, just don't. Hey, it's Handcuffs and Sage! Woo! This is Red. Hey, hey, this is Timo. And this is Dre. And we're back. Nice. We're back. And it feels good to be back. Yeah, we, we took a little break. We took a break because me, Red, is falling apart. <laughs> hey, I Timo's right funny. there with you, girlfriend. <laughs> I don't no, really. I've, I've mentioned this before, but my body just kind of shuts down when I'm super stressed. So everyone's been so nice and positive and patient with me, and I really, really appreciate it. So, thank you. Um, well, let me tell you something absolutely horrifying oh that no. happened to me yesterday, and I've been waiting to share this with you guys. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I had my first gray hair. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Stop. What? My, my, <laughs> hubby, my hubby's like, hey, don't, don't move. Hold on <laughs> one second. He grabs the tweezers. I'm like, what is he doing? Right? No. And he comes over and he pulls this gray ass hair out of my head. And he's like, oh, your first gray hair. And I started crying. No. Oh, Oh, girl. Everyone knows that my hair is like my love, like my one true thing. And Mm -hmm. oh, I just about died. So. I need all the support and love right now, you guys. I don't know. You're lucky you that you, you waited this long. I, I started mm-hmm. going gray at like girl. 2021. And then. Really? Yeah. Before I even had kids. And then the kids made it worse. But yeah, I started going gray. <laughs> like, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Truth. So, I, I just was not ready for it. it just well, it's came downhill out from there. It's no. downhill. <laughs> That's why we have hair color. <laughs> Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. I guess I should use it because I have it. Are you guys yeah. ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. Um, I have a heavy hitter tonight. Okay. What's a heavy hitter? Is it this like is gonna make one. us cry? Yes. No, oh, great. not cry. Oh, okay, cool. I've been doing that a lot lately. I know. You're welcome. I'm done. I'm done crying, y'all. I was listening to your or reading the group text this morning, and I don't even have a child going to college, and I'm fucking bawling my eyes out. I know. I'm like, it's, oh it's man, too much. it's too much. It's too much. I'm like, I'm, I, I, I put my phone away, and I hear ding, ding. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not talking to you guys anymore. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. No, okay. I, I read all the sad stuff and I jumped in the pool. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all crying like all over my face trying to like work. It was so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh-uh. Um, I'm enjoying a watermelon white claw right now while I am preparing for this horrific story, you guys. Great. So I just want to say this is mommy daddy time, okay? Kids mm-hmm. do not listen to this <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. Okay. okay, if you're All younger right. than let's say 20, <laughs> don't listen. Oh disgusting. no, okay. I had the mistake. I was eating some ribs 
<gasps> with a sugar-free sauce on it. Mm. And uh, I felt sick to my stomach. Like really? I was doing, yeah, I was doing my work on this story and I was like, who, who? <laughs> Oh, so no. it's a heavy hitter. So this story has inspired a lot of movies that I know everybody has seen. Um, and we'll get to those stories and movies at the end. We'll see what, what you guys guess. Okay, so I am doing Edward or Ed Gein. Yay! Ed How do Gein! I know? How do I know that? How oh, do I know that you name? Know. You know. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Here All we right. go. Buckle, Buckle up. up. Okay. You guys, this is just horrifying. But seriously, no kids. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. So, Ed had uh, two parents, Augusta and George. Augusta was, was his mom, and she was a heavier, um, robust woman, full-figured lady. And George, his father, um, seemed to really like, I guess, I guess, I would assume, how Augusta really kind of pushed him around. Do you know the type? Like, he wants to be with someone, he just tells him what to do, right? But then kind of throws a fit about it at the, at the same time, okay? So, Ed was raised in a very strict home, okay? Very religious very strict. And it was rumored that his dad, George, couldn't keep a job because of some booze and he liked them booze, right? Mm. <laughs> and we hear this a lot, you know, with a lot of like disturbed killers, serial killers and their background. There's typically a parent who is an alcoholic. So y'all check yourself. Okay. Oh God. Okay. Okay. Um, so Augusta really liked pushing George around and she was actually really quite mean to him. Uh, she would call her husband names like lazy and worthless and she would do it in public, like in front of people, which is horrifying to me, right? <laughs> uh, George would get drunk sometimes after work at this tavern and then he would go home and beat on Augusta because the only time he felt like the strength to stand up to her. So it was a very dysfunctional home. Uh, there were times that Augusta would get down on all fours and pray to God to kill George. Okay. It was a hot mess up in this house. But Augusta thought, I bet I'd be a great mom. We should have kids. <laughs> so, Jesus. Oh, let's bring it into this shit. Yeah, <laughs> let's bring some kids into this mess. So January 1902, they had their first son, and his name was Henry. And then in 1906, Edward's born. And they lived in La Crosse, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. And... <laughs> In 1915, Augusta said, George, we need to move out of here. I need to be somewhere um, that is more religious for our children, like a more isolated space to stay away from all the sinners out here. Okay. Hmm. So right. they moved to Plainfield, Wisconsin on a 155 acre farm. It's a huge space, right? And mm -hmm. Augusta kept the boys away from anything sinful, okay? And 
by that I mean any anybody else. Okay, she thought like all women except for her were dirty, dirty whores. Okay, oh, dirty whore. And she would say that to the boys. Oh gosh! Right? All right. In my notes, I put every chick's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> She would tell them that women were naturally prostitutes and instruments of the devil. Cool. Right? Okay. Yeah, real cool chick, man. Damn, real cool is. chick. She's she would be a total Karen these days, right? <laughs> she would be the worst kind of Karen. Oh my gosh. What's that Adam Sandler movie where the mom where he plays football? Yes. You know and she would about? say, You all gotta play that foosball. Yeah, <laughs> that's what this reminds me of right now. It is so this. Oh, it's so crazy. <laughs> so when uh, little Eddie was younger, it was said that he was very shy. He had like really weird quirks. Um, it was, you know, people said that out of nowhere, he would start like laughing to himself. Hmm. And, but he would say like he was telling jokes to himself in his head and then he like laughed and I get that mm -hmm. I understand I was that gonna completely say, so I let's think we not all do that yeah. how about that okay uh -huh. um but his mom was really against her boys having any kind of friends at all which is so sad she did not want them to play with anybody nobody could come over she was like I'm your friend okay you don't need anybody mm -hmm. else Mm. Um, so Ed was very close with his mom. Okay. So close. He said that it was his first love. Okay. Ew. He, he, he had a very close <laughs> and not dysfunctional at all relationship with his mother. Okay. Thanks. So on April 1st, 1940, George died. Okay, and they think that because of all the boozing and whatnot, it led to him having like heart issues and then dying. So after George dies, the boys start doing like odd jobs, right? To like help around the farm, take care of the mom and everything. Well, Henry hooked up with a divorced woman with two kids. Uh-oh. Yeah, and he was like, I'm gonna break free from this situation. Uh, he had like a heart to heart with Ed. He said, I'm about to get away. I'm going to marry this hot lady friend. My life's going to be great. You should get away from mom too. Like you need to do something else. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it really bothered Ed that Henry would say anything against their mother because remember Ed loves his mom more than anything in the whole world. So it kind of ticked him off that Henry would say anything. So on May 16th, 1944, Henry and Ed were like burning vegetation on, on the farm, which I guess was like a normal thing back then. But it got out of control and the fire department was called out and they were able to, to put out the fire. And then Ed was like, Oh, Henry's missing. Where is Henry? And so oh, a search, no. yeah, a search party was put together. They were looking for Henry and then they found him and his body was laying face down. It looked like he had been dead for a while. Mm. And they didn't know like if 
if it was heart failure or what happened, but there was bruises on his head. And mm. the coroner did put that he died of asphyxiation, but mm. there was rumors all over town that Ed did it. Oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. And with what we're about to find out, I would not be surprised that Ed killed Henry, right? Wow. Because Henry be dissing the mama and Ed mm -hmm. wasn't going to have it. That was his special lady. Okay. <laughs> so, right. So Henry is now passed away and Ed had his mom all to himself, right? Yay. But a year later, the mom, Augusta, had a stroke and she couldn't leave her bed and Ed had to do absolutely everything for her, right? So just picture her in bed, probably ringing a bell, ding-a-ling-a-ling for Ed mm -hmm. all the time, ding-a-ling-a-ling mm -hmm. to come and just do whatever for her always. But while he was, you know, doing that for her, she would call him like terrible names. She would say that he was weak and he called, she called him a failure and she was just a really nasty bitch. Okay. That's what I'm wow. going to say. She's just awful. Um, and she would say to him that he would never make it without her. So I just think that this is like a really gross, sad relationship. It really is sad. So in December, 1945, Augusta dies from a stroke. Okay, and Ed is 39 years old. All of a sudden, he's all by himself, right? He really has no social cues. He has no friends. And he has this huge house to himself. So he boards up all the rooms. And he leaves his mom's room in, like, pristine condition, right? Like, that bitch is still living in there, okay? Like, a hmm. shrine to his mother. But then in the rest of the house, it's nasty, like just trash and crap everywhere. And you can see pictures of this, you know, online. It looks like a hoarder's house, right? Like we've all seen hoarders, mm -hmm. uh -huh, uh -huh. total hoarder house. It's disgusting. And then his mom's room is like, oh, like perfect. <laughs> it, it was so weird, right? So there were times when people would see Ed in town, very rarely, but he would, you know, run errands. And then once in a while, he would get a beer at this tavern called Mary Hogan's Tavern, okay? So one day, Mary Hogan, the owner of Mary Hogan's Tavern, of course, goes missing, right? And all that is found of Mary is like a pool of blood, oh, right? And people would be like, what happened to Mary? What, you know, what's going on here? And sometimes Ed would joke with people, oh, she's staying over at my house. But, you know, Ed was weird. And so they just thought he's just so odd and he's making these odd jokes, but they're not landing Ed, okay? They're not going well. And so he would say weird things like that. So then, Bernice Warden goes missing on November 16th, 1957. Um, that day, her son Frank came to town. I guess he had been, you know, out hunting or something like super cool like that. And he stopped at the hardware store because that's where his mama Bernice worked. Um, Bernice was 58 years old and she was a widow. 
And so he shows up at the hardware store and the door is unlocked. She's not there. And he like walks through and he sees that the back door is open. So it's, it's an odd situation. It's like something's up. He goes to the register and he looks down and he sees like there's a trail of blood Ugh. from the register. Not good, right? Red flags right. going up. So he's, mm-hmm. he's looking around. And then next to the register, he sees a receipt. He looks at the receipt. It's for a half gallon of antifreeze to Ed. <gasps> and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, my gosh. Obviously, Ed has something to do with this. Last person in here. She gone. Ed's weird. We need to check this out, right? right. So Frank calls the police. And he tells them everything. So the police come out, they're looking at the store for clues, and they decide, yeah, we need to go check out Ed. So they go to his farm. All right, y'all. Oh, no. Let's buckle up. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. We're we're about to go through some shit right now, okay? Oh, shit. So (laughs) the police officers show up, and they start searching the house. They walk in. And they find the body of Bernice. And they find her in like something called a summer kitchen, which is like an outdoor kitchen in the back. I've never heard of that before, but Hmm. that's where her body is found. She's hanging by her feet in an overhead like pulley thing, naked, Hmm. cut from the pelvic bone to the chest okay and her insides have been taken out and the body is draining and it's been decapitated her head is gone wow my god it's gone no head okay so the police are like holy shit balls holy shit they Mm -hmm. call for backup right so a dozen other cops show up and they start combing the house. And this is where they get the term house of whores. Mm. Okay. Have you guys heard of a house of whores? It mm-hmm. comes from this story, Ed Gein. Okay. Oh. This is what they find. I know this sounds insane. Oh, and we're all going to get through this. It, it's just beyond. It's just beyond. Okay. The police officers found skulls turned into soup bowls, Mm. a chair that was straight up upholstered with human skin. All right, take a moment. Take a moment, okay? No, I know. Timo's like, (laughs) woohoo! Now Uh I know. Uh Now I know this story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lampshades made out of Mm. flesh. Okay. Mm -hmm. There was a box of human noses. Mm. Why? Why? Right? Mm -mm. There was a belt that they found made out of women's nipples. Yep. Okay. Uh, Okay. First of all, disgusting. Second of all, so creative. Wow. Why just women's nipples? 
I'm in, I'm wondering. We're going to get to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's absolutely disgusting and disturbing. And imagine back then being a police officer, right? Having to find these things and like put together what you're touching and looking at. Okay. Right. Disgusting. There was a shade pole made out of women's lips. There was a shoebox found underneath a bed with dried hoo-hahs in it. Okay. Okay. They put genitals and I put hoo-hahs. So what are you going to yeah. do? Okay. On the wall. Okay. On the wall, they found nine women's faces. <gasps> so a face was cut off and then put on a wall. <laughs> nine times. <laughs> nine wow. times. Wow. So then they found that he was making a shirt out of human skin. Okay. Mm. He was taking different pieces of skin and sewing it and he was making a shirt okay we're all together in this we're getting through this right on the shirt he had cut off breasts from somewhere and put it on the shirt so it had boobs he had made leggings out of skin and a corset from a torso now I would like to remind everybody I was trying to eat ribs <laughs> right. while I was <laughs> taking in this information. So I was straight like, <gasps> it was, it was, it was so rough. It was so rough. So Ed said he was making a bodysuit, okay, because he wanted to be a woman. He wanted to be his mom. Mm-hmm. He would walk around the farm you know, in this isolated area in it to feel more like himself. Okay. So they found a bag with Mary's face in it. Remember Mary Hogan from the tavern? Mm -hmm. They found her face in this bag. They found fingernails in the house. They found tongues in the house. In the fridge were human organs. They found a heart on the stove. They didn't know if he was about to eat it or cook it up or what the plan with the heart was. It was just so disturbing, okay? So they think that they found about 15 bodies Mm. on the farm, okay? Mm. So the police officers are working their asses off all day gathering all this evidence and you know body parts and everything together and about 4 30 in the morning they discover a bloody burlap sack with a freshly severed head in it Mm. and in the ears of the head were large nails that had been jammed in there Mm. and connected with twine and it was bernice's head so they asked ed like what's up with this homeboy why did you do this and he said he was going to hang the head on the wall as decoration (laughs) 
Wow. Ugh. Could you see him like on his own TLC show? <laughs> and just for a little pop, we're going to make a head decoration for the wall. Oh my God. Okay. Hmm. So he later admitted to killing Mary and Bernice, but really, which is just beyond, is he lived close to a cemetery. And so for about 12 years after his mom died, he would go to the cemetery at night. He had this friend, Gus, who would help him dig up bodies. Yeah. Like, I'm the kind of friend that will help bury a body, but <laughs> this friend helped him dig up the bodies, okay? Because he wanted the skin. Oh, but, okay. But Ed, Ed said that the skin on the dead bodies you know, was like dried out and it was really hard to work with. So that wasn't going to do, right? Mm -mm. So that's why he needed like that fresh skin. Uh. He needed that fresh, moisturized, plump skin. So that's why he had to kill these ladies, right? <laughs> so it's crazy. So Ed was charged with first degree murder. He pleaded not guilty. Uh, because of reasons of insanity. And they did find that Ed was unfit to stand trial. And he was sent to Central State Hospital for the criminally insane, right? He was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, okay? Mm -hmm. He was there for about 10 years until they decided, okay, now he's not crazy. He's <gasps> totally sane enough for trial. No problem, right? Oh, okay. Wow. I've never heard of this before. It's insane. So within a week, they found him guilty, okay? So he was sent, sent to prison, of course. So the whole town in Plainsfield hated this house because people started to show up, like crazy people like us wanted to see right. this house, right? Of uh -huh, course. Uh -huh. And so at one point, the house went up for auction, but then after that happened, you know, they didn't want anyone to buy this house and, oh, it's crazy. How did this happen? The house caught on fire, right? Oh. So it, it went ablaze, it burned down, and, you know, everyone in the town was really happy about this happening. Who knows what happened, but, okay. So it burned down and everyone was super stoked about it. Um, on July 26, 1984, Ed passed away. He was buried in... Uh, Plainsfield, Wisconsin. Um, he had a headstone, but people, freaks like us, would go and visit, but then take like a little piece of the headstone, right? Ah, okay. And then in 2000, somebody stole like the, the rest of the whole headstone, <laughs> just took the whole goddamn thing. And it was later found, I, I guess, in Seattle. Um, so now he's still buried there, but there's no headstone because weirdos like us still. So, yeah. so Ed Gein has, you know, his story has, you know, made it so a lot of people have written books and then movies about, you know, what he did. So in 1960, you know, the movie Psycho was based on Ed Gein. Oh, really? Okay. In 1974, the movie Deranged, Ezra, the this guy Ezra was supposed to be Ed in that. In 1974, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie was, was mm -hmm. based on him. And then, of course, 
1991, Silence of the Lambs mm -hmm. was based on on Ed, right? Buffalo Bill was making this suit, right, right. to become a sexy lady because he mm -hmm. broke himself. It puts lotion on its skin. <laughs> it puts the lotion on. So, and that would be Ed Gein. Say so that. It just, say that mm -hmm. other part again. Like I would fuck myself or whatever he says. What is he saying? I fuck myself so hard. <laughs> fuck me. So that was Ed basically in his house oh for my gosh. years. <laughs> Shit. So I, I I think this is a really interesting story because I actually don't think like Ed Gein like liked to kill or anything like that. Like a a, a regular serial killer, right? A serial killer huh. typically gets off on the kill, right? I right. don't mm -hmm. think that's what was happening here. I think this this man was so isolated for so long and had absolutely nobody. And his mom really fucked him up in the head. Mm -hmm. And he just got real DIY up in the house because, hmm. I mean, he, he hated himself. He, he, would, he said, like, he wished he had been born a girl. He didn't want to be a boy. Mm -hmm. You know, he... It's just really, really sad. You know, his whole life is actually really sad. But that's the story of mm -hmm. Ed Bean. Yeah. That was good. I I I knew the name, but I couldn't put the name to what was going on. But I seen in my head right now I the lampshades and the belt. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. was there teeth was there teeth stuff too? Did he do anything with teeth? He would never do anything with teeth. Why would you even oh. say that, Tina? I'm just kidding. I have no idea. I would assume Probably. so. It seems like everything kind of went. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, awesome. it's just that's crazy. Awesome. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, Silence of the Lambs, I think it's so great on the one scene where she's mm -hmm. she's walking through the house and it's like a sewing room and like the pattern is there with the two flanks yeah and, and it just dawns on her mm -hmm. oh my god he's making a woman suit it's so crazy yes that's one yes. of my favorite movies if it's on i watch it i'm gonna yeah. watch it i love yeah. it Same. yeah so good the i pro violet oh my dream job Woo! oh gosh <laughs> that would be so cool yeah yeah, I just really fucked up my life. Like, n my next life, <laughs> definitely, for sure. Yeah, do it. Mm -hmm. do, do it. Do it. You have to be able to run, and run a lot to be that. I won't. I, I know. Won't do it. I can't do it. I know. <laughs> oh, that's why I didn't do that. I know, I'm right? <laughs> <laughs> They're all running in the very beginning, and I'm like, mm, uh, I can't I know, that. right? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to pass on this career. Yeah, option. right, right, right. <laughs> yep. All right, let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to get a little dramatic on you guys right now. People once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes something so bad happens that a terrible sadness is carried with it and the soul can't rest. Then sometimes, just sometimes, the crow can bring the soul back to put the wrong things right. So, I've heard this before. I heard that on a podcast. I, like a missing listen, person's podcast. You yeah. listen to podcasts? That's so crazy. <gasps> oh, That's what? weird. I do too, yeah. like sometimes. Yeah. Just like sometimes. <laughs> Once in a while. So yeah. I'm continuing on with my, um, the Cursed Films show. 
and I am going to talk about the crow. It's so weird that you say this because anytime we see a crow, like uh -huh. in the hubs, uh -huh. he's like, oh shit, something bad is gonna happen. <laughs> but remember back in the day, in our super fuck days, I did the animal, um, uh, what was it called? I, I think like uh, animal premonitions or something to that effect. And the crow is actually not the bad luck. The crow was good luck. So. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like right, shocked yeah. by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is the opening dialogue from Sarah. Sarah's the character of the little girl on, on the crow. And it this is really kind of not a, a horror film. It's kind of like supernatural. It's not paranormal. It's kind of supernatural because of the whole story with the crow that goes back to like Native American theories and stuff like that. But that's how the film opens. Now, it was originally a comic book. So the movie itself has a real comic book feel. It's mm -hmm. really, it's all, it was filmed totally at night. It's totally dark, very few colors. Um, and basically what the movie is about, it's about, it happens on October 30th, which they call Devil's Night. It's the night before Halloween. And a musician by the name of mm -hmm. uh, Eric Draven and his fiance, uh, Shelly, are brutally murdered by this like fierce, inner city gang that that you know is part of like the bad guys in the in the in the comic book and then um one year later on the anniversary well this was a night before their wedding so they were due to get married the day after on halloween and a year later the crow goes to his tomb and awakes him and now he's back from the dead and he's going to avenge their murder. So that's what the mm -hmm. whole premise of the, the movie is about. And the little girl, Sarah, was basically their friends. They babysat her. She kind of hang out with them. So there's only two people that really know in the movie of, of who Eric really is. It's the cop and, and Sarah. And she knows that it's, it's Eric back from the dead. And um, it's really kind of like a sad movie it's a it's really it is sad. a very it's, sad movie. Yeah, it's very mm -hmm. sad and i remember watching it when because it came out in 1994 and i remember watching it and just just it really affected me on like not knowing what death because when you're a kid or when you're a teenager you really don't think of dead like death as death you know what i mean you're fearless mm -hmm. and whatever yeah. But it kind of like this resig. I mean, I was already like 20, 21 when this came out. So it's kind of like resonated in like my brain, like, oh, like dead is final and dead is this. Uh -huh. So um, uh -huh. so they say that the crow is the hand of God and it helps the soul come back to make something horrible right. So that's what happens. He comes back to basically kick ass and kill all these motherfuckers. Right killed him and, and his fiance. Mm -hmm. um, so filming started on February 1st, um, 1993 in Wilmington, uh, North Carolina. And basically it was all done at night. So night shoots, night shoots all the time. So what I found really weird, and this is kind of like a common thing with all these cursed films is they start getting calls on their like a uh, pre-production office where people are like, don't make this movie, don't make this movie. And I think the last two movies that I talked about, Poltergeist had the same right. thing. And mm -hmm. I think the Omen had the same thing. And 
which is right. weird because this movie really isn't have anything to do with like religion. I mean, I guess the crow thing could be like Native American religion, I guess. But so they were getting these calls. They're like, mm -hmm, whatever. So on the first day of filming, uh, there were two electricians and they're on set and they had a truck with a cherry picker on it. And the one dude that was in the cherry picker, he kind of like, they, they were backing up and they hit this, this live wire, which was basically this like main wire that connected all the lights and all the electricity and everything they needed for the set. And this dude got like majorly electrocuted and he like <gasps> caught on fire. And oh my gosh. He survived, mm -hmm. but um, I mean, he was a wreck. He lost both of his ears and what yeah like they just burned off like he, this guy was just you know a mess but he did that's survive. awful mm -hmm. oh my gosh and they're saying this was not part of the curse but they're saying because they had such a low budget that they kind of like did like you know they cut ties here and there but that wasn't um the end of all the stuff that was happening so in 1993 in the south there was something called the uh, super storm that happened i don't know if you guys remember this or not it was like bananas during like the january february march months um it was just like horrible hurricanes horrible uh, blizzards i mean it was just like nightmare so basically their whole set was destroyed during this super storm that's awful and they had, and they oh had to rebuild gosh. they had to rebuild everything so that was a another thing that happened um on the set and then um the um when they were looking for a person to play eric draven they immediately thought of um brandon lee now brandon mm -hmm. lee is the son of bruce lee we all know is this like really famous like kung fu karate um does a badass yeah he's 100%. just like yeah, yeah amazing right so they wanted someone that was a true athlete on top of being um a great actor brandon lee was like okay love um, him i thought right. he was so hot so mm. hot so hot so hot so he wanted to make a name for himself you know he was the son of bruce lee so that's what he was known and he had made it uh, made a few movies kung fu-ish movies that he made so this was like basically his chance to come out of the shadow of his father which is so mm -hmm. sad because it was cut short and we all know why it, but i'll i'll uh if you guys know the story of the crow the movie and the what happened with brandon lee during the filming you know what i'm gonna talk about but i'm i'm gonna hit that in, in a couple minutes so he basically got robbed it's really really sad um there was a special effects artist by the name of lance anderson he basically was like there to take care of brandon so he was kind of like brandon's assistant on top of like the makeup so he he thought of the whole white face with the you know with the the, the black, black lines mark. going from yeah and then yeah. the kind of almost like a joker mouth kind of uh -huh, uh -huh. and he um was like besties with brandon during this whole time they just they were just he said he was just the, the most awesomest kid in the world and during they're interviewing him during this cursed films and he pulled out all this like he had like boxes of just all this memorabilia of like the original scripts he had all the original polaroids of all like he would take a polaroid of brandon and then to copy like 
the makeup the next day and everything. It was just so eerie that he had had all that saved and he was like, you know, bringing it out and showing it. And then in the comic books, there is a character, he's called Skull Cowboy. And if you guys don't know about who, who that is, it's because he was taken out of the movie. And the reason why is because they were supposed to do um, a last scene with uh, Skull Cowboy. And of course they couldn't really do that scene. So they decided to take him out. But there's an actor and his name's um, Michael Berryman. And I don't know if you guys know, he's very strange looking. He's bald and he has like really weird eye uh, ears and like his face is kind of like, it's not, it looks like maybe it's a mask, but it's not. And he always places like creepy dudes on all kinds of like movies. Um, look him up. You'll, you'll know once you look him up, but he was the guy that played um, Skull Cowboy. And, you know, he went through all this stuff to try and get the suit. And they had like this whole like contraption for his face and everything. And it was just really sad that um, they didn't let him, um, you know, they didn't bring his part out in the movie. Okay, so um, let's talk about what happened. So there's um, a part in the movie where uh, the Eric and Shelly um, are being murdered. Basically, Shelly's getting raped by this gang, and they kill her. And well, they don't kill her; they think they kill her, and then they kill um, Eric, and they throw him out the window, and he's dead. And then, basically, uh, Shelly dies a few days later, up in the hospital. So when they were filming this, they they what they wanted was they wanted one of the gang guys to th uh, throw a knife at Brandon, and then the knife would stick in his chest. Last minute, they decided that they were going to have him shot instead. So what he does is he walks in, opens the door, and one of the gang guys just starts like, I guess like he shoots him like five different times. So when they were doing this scene, um, unfortunately, whoever was dealing with the props and the gun, which was supposed to shoot blanks, didn't shoot a blank and he was shot for reals and he just fell over and they thought he was acting at first and uh he wasn't moving and then they realized that he had really been shot they called you know paramedics and he he went through hours and hours and hours of um surgery and he succumbed to the gunshot wound and then the the guy um Michael Massey, he plays Fun Boy. He was the guy that actually um, pulled the trigger, and he was a fucking wreck. This guy, because oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, he was the guy that pulled the trigger, and um, I mean, could you imagine, like, what the fuck? You know, like you're you're told to shoot, and then you end mm -hmm. up killing your co you know co actor by accident it's just absolutely terrifying yeah. so to get a little technical about the bullet um they put dummy bullets in i guess what dummy bullets do is they they don't have gunpowder but they do everything else so they make the sound they make the the smoke um but they also have a uh, like a center where if you don't take the center out because it doesn't come out with the with the shell 
it will get jammed inside the, um, you know, the whatever chamber. chamber. Yeah, mm -hmm. sorry, I'm not a gun person. And then if you put a blank, then it the blank will push that out and it's just like an actual bullet. So that's what happened. They, the, the prop people did not check the dummy center mm -hmm. and that was in there and that that's what that's basically what what killed brandon um after brandon's death um they wanted to stop filming just like when um heather o'rourke passed away they didn't want to continue filming but instead of like with poltergeist the movie people were like you're fucking finishing this movie um they did it for brandon because they knew brandon wanted this was going to be his movie this was going to be like the start of his like awesome career and mm -hmm. they had almost finished all like it was like a 50 day shoot or 40 like yeah like a 52 day shoot and they like were at like 48 when this happened so they were basically almost done shooting and they only had a few things left so they basically wanted to honor Brandon by making the film. Um, so let's get into why this movie's cursed. And there's a few things on why they think that uh, this movie is cursed. Number one, um, there is a, brand, uh, a Bruce Lee curse because Bruce Lee was actually killed on set as well. Well, not killed on set. He was actually found dead um, in like a, an actress's apartment, but they think it, it was something that had to do on set. So they think that Bruce Lee was cursed and now his, his son was cursed. So that's one of the, the theories is, it's just a carry over from his son. You, little fun facts about Bruce Lee, you guys. Um, he, uh, his parents lost their firstborn son. And in the Chinese religion, I guess, uh, they think that um, any other son that's born after that, a demon will come to kill that child. What? Yeah, this is some that's type crazy. of like- Oh, that's right? so dark. Oh. Yeah. So Bruce Lee's parents would dress him up as a little girl and they called him a little girl's name and to make sure that the demon would not come and take him away. It's so crazy, guys. Like that is only crazy. yeah. So they think that's part of what the curse is, is this demon finally figured out that wow. he wasn't a girl, that he was a boy, and they wanted to take him as well. And then and then carry on to to what Brandon. a way to really mess with a little kid's head too. I know, right? right? That's fun. <laughs> Another oh fun fact about Bruce Lee is he had all his sweat glands removed so that he wouldn't sweat, so that he would look extra fine on film. Sure. Isn't that That's crazy? Really funny. Yeah. And they think crazy. because um, he couldn't sweat out, like he had like heat stroke and that's what killed him. Uh -huh. um, but he had also uh -huh. taken a, a painkiller, which they think the painkiller might have like there's a whole bunch of different theories about it was how, a mix yeah yeah it was a mix of stuff so uh there's an, another theory where um the chinese mafia was after the whole bruce lee the whole family because of bruce lee because he uh released a lot of like um martial arts secrets in his films 
that mm -hmm. mafia was pissed off about that they should have kept that secret he should have kept that secret so they think that he had a hit on him and that brandon also had a hit on him and then um one of the fantasy theories uh, not on brandon but on um, bruce was that they have something called a death blow have you guys ever heard of what a death um death blow mm -hmm. um in kill bill right. um, uma thurman's character kind of does this thing like it, right like hits this guy in the chest and then he dies or whatever well that's yeah. what a death blow is and they think that he got struck on set by something like that and then he died it could you could die from that like months right. or years mm -hmm. later it's like later really, yeah it's like super weird um but the actual circumstances of the whole thing was it was uh the bullet the bullet that killed him and um it's it was just super 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 sad that um his life was cut short and mm, it's just uh it's so heartbreaking it is I heartbreaking i remember when that happened me and too. <sighs> when whenever anyone you know just on like the brink of just something really special and unique is about to happen for mm -hmm. it all of a sudden be cut short it's just like you it's just you don't expect it right right so then you think anything can happen and that's yeah. terrifying because anything can happen to you anything can happen to the ones you love right you never know when something mm -hmm. bad is gonna happen it's so scary so they had like a few days left to to finish the film and they had um his stunt double play him towards the right. end so they asked the uh, the special effects guy if they could if he could make a mask um that resembled brandon's face because the guy didn't look like him but he had like his whole body was the same his hair was the same so he kind of um wore a mask of brandon's face um in the full makeup uh they did a lot of things in shadow like from behind the back and then they did a lot of montage where they would just like put in clips of like earlier stuff uh -huh. that they had filmed to kind of get the movie uh done with and berryman the the guy berryman the, the the funny guy that i told you about that was going to be um skull cowboy they he he was interviewed and you know he wasn't pissed he wasn't upset that his character got taken out of the movie, but he was just so mad because the whole cursed film came about and he just thought it it uh it just looked bad on you know for Brandon and whatever and he just didn't want any of that. But there is a lot of stuff that is not really coincidence when it comes to like so many different things that happened in the movie. I don't know because I can't really say because it's not a, a horror movie. It's it's kind of like a um, action film, kind of like sci-fi something fantasy kind of show. But mm. yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things that did happen that were kind of weird, and he died like his dad on you know like it's just it's really just really weird how mm -hmm. it all went down. Right. So yeah. um yeah, I, my my story was short and sweet and. Um, I uh, I wanted to finish the series. I think I have one more film to do from the the Shutter uh, series, Cursed Films. I'm looking forward to the last one. I think I know what it is, but um, yeah. So there you go, The Crow. Oh yeah, my gosh, that was a good one. It, 
Yeah. Uh, it's just heartbreaking, right? It is. It, it's, it is. Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a heartbreaking story. It's really I sad. watched the movie. I hadn't watched it since I was like, you know, like when it first came out and I watched it again, it just made me cry the whole time. I don't know what's mm -hmm. wrong with me lately. Like, I'm, you know, I just cry for you're everything. falling apart. You're a hot mess. <laughs> Dang, I know. I know. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a really good. It's a really good film. It's really good. I, I, I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. just you know you have that like black thing in the back of your mind, like oh my the god, the whole he time. Died. Yeah, he yeah. died. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. Oh, what the hell, yeah, Demo? <laughs> but you know, I'm gonna see that one again. The fucking fun part of that movie is how he fucking kills all these bastards that killed him I know, and his girlfriend. I love that movie. Oh mm -hmm. god, he yeah, and he's so mean and so cruel and so ugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right, are you ready for badass bad story, story of the story week? Of the week. Woo -hoo. Woo -hoo. Let's light the right. Jesus. <laughs> I know. I'm so, this is so crazy. So this one, this one, um, I think like on black in black and white, it doesn't seem like such a grand badass story. I've, I've definitely had some others, but if you ever watch this video, I think, um, you'll understand. Ooh. So, um, John Caprone is a 23 year old student in Boston at Boston college. And he was browsing through, um, something called Remarkable Cleanouts Antique Store in Massachusetts and with his girlfriend and he found a $200 piano for sale. And so he asked um, before he purchased or thought about purchasing it, if he could play it. So uh, the, the, he self-taught and he played Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Mm. I was waiting I for love it. it. Love it. <laughs> mm. Mm. So, People were so delighted by his rendition. They actually filmed it and it became viral. So you can mm. find this on, um, on their Facebook page. And then um, it got so many views. And since he was wearing a face mask, nobody knew who this guy was, right? Mm. So the owner was like, I got to find this guy. Mark Waters, the owner of Remarkable Cleanouts. So um, he told him, hey, you know, you had such a following. This thing went viral. I want to give you that piano. That <gasps> oh, wow. You know, considering purchasing. And so when he gets to the, the store, um, the owner of this antique store was like, actually, I have a $3,000 Steinway and some <gasps> piano sitting in the back. <gasps> and I'm going to give that to you oh, instead. Oh, my goodness. I just got chill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. Oh. It was so People great. Stepping up and giving it. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So he, like, burst like into tears. And I'm going to burst just into tears. Oh. So awesome. I know. It's so beautiful. Oh. So, you guys, I'm going to have to send you the link because it was so cute. Yeah, he's, please. He's an amazing yeah. piano player. Yeah, so really crazy, great. and he's self-taught, so, huh? Yeah, self-taught, even better. You're amazing. That's all heart, I baby. Love it. It is all heart. Oh, I mm -hmm. love it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's a good, uh, good, uh, badass story of the week. Badass story. It is. It is. Yeah. Sure. Yay! Yay! All right. Well, everyone should follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Check us out on YouTube and mm -hmm. TikTok and check out our website, <laughs> <laughs> handcuffsandstagepodcast.com. 
Uh, on our Patreon. Can, yeah, check out the Patreon, hook us up. And then yeah, uh, we, we want to say thank you always to people who reach out and to message us. It's always nice to hear from people and the support is always amazing. So we, we love it when you take, uh, you know, a, a moment just to review us on iTunes that always helps us out. It's so nice. And we can uh, be reached through our email. What is it? Handcustomsage at gmail.com. So mm -hmm. never hesitate. Always reach out. It always makes our day. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. It does. Yep. Yeah, we actually respond. It's actually us. What? <laughs> hey. <laughs> we make yeah. time. Yep. We do. <laughs> All right, y'all. Are you ready? Uh, yep. And remember, we, we do, do what, what we, we want. want. We do what we want. Woo! So professional. Woo! Woo! Professional as beaches. Yes, as beaches. <laughs> All right. All right. That's it. Bye, y'all. Bye, night night. night. Love you. Bye. Handcuffs and Sage is hosted by Red, Timo, and Trey in a shitty guest room in Los Angeles. Theme music is Leave Now by We Are Wasted. Cover art done by Megan Winchester. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Show some love on iTunes. Be a badass and do what you want. Until next time.